scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Camp Crystal Lake is jinxed. He's got a death curse. Some folks claim they've even seen him. Right in this area. Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing on this mess? The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claimed she saw Boy, is he dead too? We didn't find any boy. Then he's still there. He is still there. And we are here to talk about the continuing saga yeah. of Jason Voorhees, that little boy in the lake. <laughs> and we have made it to part four. We have successfully made it past the 3D, past the bag head. And now we're into what some people consider the quintessential Friday the 13th movie. But we're going to get there. We're going to see. No, we're still a few weeks away from that one. We're still, we're still, uh, six weeks away. We're still six weeks away from that one. Still, still eight weeks away from the other one. Oh God. Uh, (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, We're, we're back. Uh, Friends with benefits, special podcast series. Oh yeah. I guess who's back. Uh, It is I, Chris. I am also Chris. And. I'm still not Chris. No, you're still not. You motherfucker. Fourth week, no. you're still not Chris. We'll get you by the end. Fourth of week, I'm still not Chris. No. Uh, is your middle name Chris? It is not. God. Can that... your middle name be Chris? It cannot. Wouldn't that be awesome if it was, though? If, like, the whole time I knew you, you didn't say, you didn't tell <laughs> me that your middle name was Chris, and then today you were like, oh, yeah, my middle name's Chris. And I'd be like, what the fuck? Well, that's uh, one of the things I always liked about that other show we used to do. Yeah. Was uh, Peacock was the only one without any representation of Chris in his yeah, name? Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I, I forgot to give us all um, uh, the the applicable nicknames uh, that we have. Uh, we have over there, uh, we have got the most creatively named man in all of Camp Crystal Lake, Jimbo Coron. Over here, Jimbo Coron. Jimbo Coron. Over here, we have uh, the Super Bowl of self abuse, Commander Scott. That is me. I am an extremely pathetic, sad sack of a human being, and and I am admitting it firmly. And rounding us out, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call you a sack. No, uh, rounding us out, I am Captain Chris, uh, the dead fuck of this group. So we all have our cre- I didn't want to give anybody else the dead fuck nickname, so I, I took it for myself. I figured that would be nice. Uh, you've always reminded me of Crispin Glover in uh, the sense that you seem really fucking weird. <laughs> well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't deny it. You realize that means if you ever do meet um, uh, David Letterman, you're going to have to attempt to roundhouse kick his head. Uh... What do you mean, like, if I meet him? He already got arrested for that once. Yeah, 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 I'd have to do it again. Okay, well, if you've already done it once, cool. Then, then, yeah, you you have the the Crispin Glover Award. You 
You qualify. Uh, due to pending litigation, I'm not allowed to be around David Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> anymore it's a fact i just can't for a so. totally different reason you're not allowed to be within 500 feet of a school Scott. that's right yeah yeah that's it why. made high school very difficult that's why we had to move the uh this recording uh, location i had to you know when i was in high school i had to use binoculars parabolic mics and everything just that's how you got into that mess <laughs> it's the same equipment that got you banned <laughs> but <laughs> Anyway, so little background, Friday the 13th, part four, the final, actually, as it's called in this, it's not called part four, it's just Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Uh, after the success of part three, part four was, uh, was greenlit, but it was uh, designed, of course, to be the last installment uh, yeah, so this is it, right? Yeah, like this is our last episode into uh, this series. It's been a fun series for the four weeks that we've done this. Uh, Frank Mancuso Jr., uh, he, it was his decision to end the series. Uh, he felt that nobody was taking him seriously, and nobody really respected him in Hollywood as a legitimate producer, um, no matter how much any of the films earned at the box office, he felt like they were kind of a joke and they were, um, they like, they weren't seen as, you know, legitimate movies to actually do anything for his career. So, uh, he wanted to end them and, uh, he had a couple other projects he wanted to, 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 to do, uh, to work on, uh, Paramount, Supported him with it uh, as slasher movies were kind of declining in popularity at that time. Uh, so it was always marketed not as part four, but as Friday the 13th, the final chapter. And uh, by his own request, uh, makeup effects were done by Tom Savini. Again, we will get to that uh, later on, but uh, because... You know, he helped, he kind of felt like he created the look of Jason and he wanted to, if this was the last one, he wanted to help bring it to a conclusion. Uh, it was originally supposed to be released in October of 84, uh, but it was pushed up to Friday, April 13th, one of the uh, few movies in the series that was actually released on a Friday the 13th. Um, and... It grossed at the at, uh, in its theatrical run on a budget of two point two million, grossed thirty three million dollars, uh, making it the fourth most um, attended Friday the Thirteenth movie, as it sold a, almost ten million tickets, nine point eight million tickets. So, um, as I. I guess you could call it a success. Yeah, uh, it was a great success. And um, so it went on, as we know, to not actually be the final chapter. But uh, so there, there's your backstory. There's there's your how it came to be. Do you guys rem happen to remember uh, the first time that you saw the final chapter? Yeah, it was with you. Really? Yeah. I'd... Uh... Up until probably like 20, honestly, it may have been as recent as like 2015. I don't think I'd actually gone back and watched all the Friday the 13th movies in chronological order. 
Oh, wow. So it was, I think, one convention when you came to town, either that or one of the Chris and Chris do Thanksgivings. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we decided we wanted to watch one of those, and we picked part four one night and then watched part six the next night. Yes. Yeah, it was with you, probably early 2015. I, I believe telling you that I had never watched them all in chronological order is what inspired me to go back and watch all of them in chronological order. <laughs> and, yeah, any that you've missed by now, we're going to get in this series. So, um, no, that's that's interesting. I didn't know that you had watched it, that you hadn't seen it until so late. Wow. Yeah. All right. Commander Scott, what about you? When did you and I do those uh, episodes of um, Hidden Gems. Oh, yeah, that was like two or three years ago. Two or three years ago? Three-ish, three, maybe four years ago. I don't okay. know, time? We'll, we'll say four years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the first time I'd ever seen it. And that wasn't even one for it. I'm sorry? That wasn't even one that we did for that series. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But one of the ones you wanted to do for that series was, what, part six, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So me being who I am had never actually seen all the movies. In fact, I'd seen pieces of them, obviously. I mean, you can't, you can't go through and not see pieces of them. They're just so ingrained. The only one I'd ever actually seen all the way through, uh, because I saw it in theaters was, uh, eight. Is that yeah. Manhattan? Yeah. Yeah. What? So I saw, I, that was the only one I'd ever seen. I went to see it in theaters. I, I forget. Yeah, you know, what year, how old I was, but yeah, I went to see You Jason. saw part eight in three theaters and hadn't seen another one? Yes. <sighs> but once again, I'd seen pieces, and of course I knew who Jason was, but I never actually sat down and watched them. So since you wanted to do part six, I decided to start with one and work my way up to six, just so I could at least have some kind of a, you know, history going in. Um, now, I had seen, the one I had seen most uh, was was five because there was that time that it was shown on TV all over the damn place for like, you know, ever. But yeah. So like four years ago is the first time I ever seen part four. Actually for four years ago is the first time I'd seen, well, any of them all the way up until six. So, wow. So have you still never seen part seven? Correct. Oh, that's going to be a fun week. That's going to be a fun episode then. And you've never seen nine or ten? You've never seen Ghost um, of Hell or Jason X? No, I, I have seen. I want to say I've seen uh, Jason Goes to Hell, um, okay. because I know. But it may be just because I'm so familiar with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I know the story of how New Line Cinema got the franchise and they wanted to do the crossover, so they did Ghost to Hell, but then there was developmental problems and then they went to Jason X and then back to F- FVJ. Um, so, I don't know if I've ever... I, I want to say I've seen it, but I could just be mixing other memories in. I don't know. Because okay. I couldn't tell also, you any, any plot of it. I'm also going to throw this out there. Uh, saying FVJ sounds like a venereal disease. It kind of <laughs> does, yeah. Yeah. Oh man! Trust me. Throw with you. I've got FVJ, man. There's no cream in the world that can get rid of FVJ. Trust me. Once you watch it, <laughs> there's no cream in this world. Uh, wow. Okay, that's it. You both of you guys watched this movie like much, much later than me. <laughs> 
I, I first saw it on one of those uh, USA marathons because they would do uh, like th- they would skip a lot of them. They would do like um, like one, three, four, six. Like they would jump around in numbers all the time. A lot of times they would just do like three, four, six together uh, in a bunch of those marathons in like the early 90s, mid early to mid 90s. They would do just a bunch of these Friday the 13th marathons. And so I saw the TV edit first. And uh, I remember seeing them like all out of order that way. Uh, like actually the first one was one of the like one of the last ones I saw in the series before. Um, Cause I like, I watched them all before I had seen them all before Jason X came out. But um, like the first one I saw all the way through was part six. And then I would go back and watch um, like I watched three, four. And like, so I watched them all like out of order uh, so, like, I didn't even realize that in the first one it wasn't him and all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I watched it first on uh, on USA. So, what a weird, weird time. Now, speaking of USA, even though I wasn't, you know, huge into the movies or anything, I used to love the series and watched it all the damn time. Yeah, I, really? never, I never watched the never series. never seen the series. I've seen, like, and- two episodes. I was actually talking about this yesterday. Um, I have been at Best Buy and seen the full series of Friday the 13th, like the, the television one, yeah. on sale for $30 and pick that up and put it back down probably more times <laughs> than I can count. <laughs> yeah, it has. For, for... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was going to say for a couple reasons. One, I know it's not good, and two, it's DVD, not Blu-ray. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the movie series except for in apparently in like one episode in the background in the antique shop, there's a hockey mask uh, as like an Easter egg. But like it has nothing to do with the, the movie series at all. So I've always stayed away. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, I, I, it is bad. I mean, it's, you know, we're not talking primetime Emmy winning, you know, award winning television here. But I, I've just always liked the uh I like well, I like just about anything that has some kind of a supernatural aspect to it, and I, I love the the haunted objects and the collecting, and the, I like the concept of the show. And for that, I could forgive it all of its uh, uh, shortcomings and just just enjoy it for what it was. That's fair. To steal your line, Koran, that's fair. No, that's fair. Um, Friday the Thirteenth. No, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say I'll loan you the line. You can borrow it. I appreciate Take it. Take it off man. I will. I'll, I'll try it out. See how it fits. Uh, Friday the 13th, part uh, final chapter. I don't want to say part four. Uh, Friday the 13th, final chapter. The second movie in a row filmed in California, not in New Jersey or uh, Connecticut like uh, the first two. Uh, I didn't notice it as much with this one. Uh, it doesn't have a kind of a feel like the uh, the lake feels bigger in this one, even though we really don't see it that much. Um, so as far as production value goes, here's the other thing that I noticed again with this one is after playing the game on the Jarvis house map, like I feel like I know the geography of the area much better. Uh, 
that I ever yeah, have when for, I watched it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hate to agree with you because fuck that game. But... Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. But you're right. Uh, like seeing uh, the kids pull up in their car and or uh, seeing um, the Jarvis family uh, when they arrive in the day with Rob and you can look behind them and see what we lovingly call the party house. Uh, like you can see it in the background. It's like, I never noticed that before, but now I'm like, Oh yeah, because the game, I know that the house should be right about there. Oh shit. There it is. And so like, I picked up things like that where, where like the first, like every time I've ever watched it until I played the game, I always felt like the houses were so far apart. And then after playing the game and then watching it again for this, I'm like, man, those houses are actually really close together. Like really yeah. close together. Yeah, they're they're like across the driveway from each yeah, other. Yeah, and which makes sense at the end why they're like, we're gonna go across the street and go check out everything. You stay here, and they're over there in like fifteen seconds. So that makes sense because uh, <laughs> they're right across the street. But uh, like, I guess every other time I watched it, like I didn't have a real sense of the geography, even though now I noticed that they gave me hints all along the way that I was just too dumb to realize, or I, I just didn't you know recognize. Oh. That I, I see the house in the background, um, but yeah, like I think it's kind of like watching it now. I have a better sense of all of that, um, but as far as the actual production value, uh, this is the most expensive Friday the Thirteenth movie up until this point. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that it doesn't really show. Because it I think all the money went in building the party house. It it might have because like I didn't notice anything where I'm like, oh, this is a lot more polished. This is a lot more, uh, you know, this, that, or the other. Like it looks, it looks a lot like part two and part three, and I mean that as a compliment in the way that like it's kind of gritty and you know it's out in nature, so everything's not shiny and new. Like everything's kind of dirty and kind of you know, grimy and used and stuff. You know what I mean? Which I kind of liked. Um, I like that it has like that grittier eighties feel to it, as opposed to like, uh, the, the remake where to make stuff look, uh, I don't know, I guess older or grittier. They just use a shit ton of cobwebs and dust. Yeah. So, uh, I, I like that this, like it had, Strangely, I'm going to use the phrase a lived-in feel. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean that's kind of how the movie was, and nothing felt like brand new or like built for this. It felt like it was just like, oh, we rented this cabin. Now we're going to film in it. Yeah, uh, well, like, especially with the uh, with the Jarvis family, like you literally feel like you're just dropped into their daily lives, like everything from like their house to. Um, you know, the surrounding area, you're right. It feels like, you know, that's just like life's been going for a while and you just kind of drop in on a day. And I, I, I feel like a lot of these characters are a lot more fleshed out than the last two. Uh, like I, I get a better feel of who these characters are and the way that life goes for everybody in this one than I did uh, in any movie since the first one. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. 
Because it doesn't feel like a lot of these characters are um, stereotypes. Right. Like, it feels like they actually have personality to them. Like, the bikers are very much nothing but bikers. Yeah. In part three. (laughs) And then, you know, there's that one awkward guy who just plays a pedophile because he's 50 and everyone else is, like, 19. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to, uh, we'll get to a bunch of characters because there's one character, uh, specifically that I completely, uh, believe is a pointless, stupid character. Uh, but we'll get there. Um, as far as Are you talking about Scott, you're talking about Scott, aren't you? No, no, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm a throwaway. Oh gosh. You're, you're nothing uh, yeah. but. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I serve no purpose or function. Um, this movie, much like the, that's not sorry. True. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, much like the hitchhiker in this movie, that was my character. Yeah, uh, how fucking dare you? Uh, but we'll, we'll, we got we got a whole character section. We'll get there. Uh, this movie directed by Joseph Zito, which if you want a good preview of what to expect if you're like these guys and haven't watched the final chapter um, until really really late, um, watch uh, 1982's The Prowler. Uh, also directed by Joseph Zito, and there are a lot of similarities between The Prowler and the final chapter. Not just the way that it's shot, but actually, like, specific scenes are very similar. Um, you kind of have this... It, it feels very much like if you were to tell me, hey, the guy that directed this is going to direct a Friday the 13th movie... I would probably be able to tell you exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to look. And I would be exactly right. And it would be how the final chapter turned out, uh, much like, um, a Bay of blood, a uh, twinge of the death nerve, as it's sometimes called, uh, gives you a good idea of what to expect out of part one and two. The prowler pretty much tells you what to expect from part four. Uh, it's if so, if you guys have never seen it, if you did enjoy the final chapter, Watch the Prowler. Okay. Just as a, uh, um, just as a, uh, if you didn't like the final chapter, which we'll find out at the end, if you did or not, um, don't watch it. But yeah, the Prowler is very much a Joseph Zito movie and you'll get it when you watch it. Like you'll understand what I mean by that. Um, Spring Factory put that out in the past few years yeah. on Blu-ray, yep. I think. Yep, yeah. they sure did. Well, as far as the production of this this movie, well, I know one thing we've talked about with the other movies is how Friday the 13th has gotten very little things very right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then it misses big things. But this movie, the way I felt did not do that. They're just like, you know what? Fuck the little things. We don't give a shit because there's, there's several things that just every time I, when I saw them, I just, I'm like, what? And I had to stop and rewind like the hammer that sticks in the wall. When, when Jason throws it at, oh, yeah. what's her name? Yeah. When sister, the hammer sticks in the wall. Uh, her name is look, Trish. Okay. I don't, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what names, uh, the, the sister, the sister lady, um, the hammer sticks in the wall. Because it misses her head. But if you look, it sticks like the top part of the hammer, the, the flat top part of the hammer. <laughs> it just it just sticks there, and it goes boing a little bit. And I'm like, uh, what? what? 
Uh, why is why is this hammer? I don't get it. And then can someone explain to me how an overhand chop with a machete comes from underneath to pull the mask off? It's literally she turns and she has this overhand chop, and then we cut, and then it comes up from underneath. You don't know how short she is, man. Maybe she's like three three. <laughs> no. Yeah, maybe. No. no. Oh, it didn't work. I didn't. I think. I didn't get that. No, sorry. Although, in the vein of the uh, the the one lady who apparently is worried about her dog until lunch is served. <laughs> or Terry. Yeah, her name's Terry. Um, uh, you treat her with respect. Okay. She's got a nice butt. Yeah, do- yeah, dog lady with a nice butt. Yeah. Um, dog um, lady with a nice butt. Yeah, okay. dog lady with a nice butt. Uh, much in the same vein of her, we have the scene of, uh, I guess, the, the sister lady from this one. What's her name again? Trish. Trish, thank you. Uh, going out because she's all worried about her mom. She, she can't find her mom. She has Tommy stay. Let's go find mom. And then she takes a little stroll down the woods. She's like, hey, look, there's a random tent. Okay, I'm just going to sit down in the random tent now. Well, it's raining. She needs to get out of the rain. She's getting drenched. She knew she that going stay. out in the rain. Uh, but she has to stay dry, man. Why are you being hateful? Like, have you ever, have you ever, like, gone out somewhere and it's raining just a little bit, and you're like, oh, this is going to be no problem, and then you get like past the point where, like, what they call past the point of no return, where it's longer to turn around and go back than it is to just finish your loop, and you're like, well, now it's coming down a lot harder than I than it was before. Oh, look, here's a tent. I'll just get out of the rain for a minute and just, you know, try and dry off and try and get a little warm. That's just what happened. No. Ugh. No. <laughs> just, no. No. I, I, no. I have gone <laughs> out in the rain. Uh, and I have been caught in, you know, where while I was out, it started raining harder. Yeah. But here's the thing. First of all, if what has brought you out in the rain is looking for your mother who is mysteriously missing after a bunch of people have been killed, I think you can ignore the rain. Eh. I don't think that's going to be priority. And two, you can only get so wet. You can only get so wet. Let me tell you about what she said. Let me tell you about my prom. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Never mind. Um, anyway, no, that, yeah. stuff, the, the little things like that in this movie, this movie just ignores these little things and has all this, this stuff that well, I'm just like, I am I, what, what? Do I don't, you think, okay. Do you think part of it is because they went into it fully expecting this to be the last one? So they didn't really have like, uh, getting the date wrong on the tombstone in this one, you know, they, for whatever reason, conveniently stop right in front of the, it's not even really a cemetery. It's like two tombstones uh, in this little roadside plot um, that one of them happens to be Pamela Voorhees' tombstone, and it gives a death year of 1979, even though the first movie came out in 1980. Uh, so do you think that they were just like, fuck it, it's the last one. We don't really care. Like, we're never going to have to answer for this. Like, this is it. So let's just friggin' do it. Probably. I mean, at that point, there's definitely a sense of we're done. Who fucking cares? Yeah. I kind of felt that with uh, a couple of these things. Because this one, like, it, it gets a lot of the little things 
I guess a lot of the big things wrong, like her year of death, but then it also like doesn't really care about the big thing, like the little things that the other ones got right either. So it just kind of doesn't really care. It's just like, fuck yeah. it, fuck it. We're doing it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, they take the time to actually go back and, and refilm to film new scenes at at the the location from the previous movie. Yeah, at Higgins Haven, baby. At Higgins Haven, because because the, they wanted to pick up right where the other one left off, literally with them taking Jason's body away. So they go through all the trouble of going back to that location, you know, putting Jason, having Jason be discovered in the same location the last time we saw him in in that movie and everything. Yet the wounds he sustained in that movie are gone. Because he gets he gets he gets stabbed in the leg, and, and when they pick him up, that wound is gone. And he also gets stabbed in the hand, and there's no there's no hand wound at all. Yeah, there's not. So they, yeah, they they go through trouble, but then they they stop short. They're like, "Yeah, hey, we're gonna go back and do this. Wait, what about this? This and this? Yeah, it'll be all right. Just just, 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 just put him in the ambulance." <laughs> Don't even have time to put like bandage wrap on them or anything no. before they load them up. Which, yeah. although, go ahead. Sorry. No, as I say, although one of the paramedics, the the uh, the paramedic lady, the the black lady that was you know the paramedics, yeah. Um, when they they pick her up, I'm like, I know her, and it took me about a half an hour to find her. She's in War Games. Ah. Oh. She plays one of the airmen in the war room in War Games. In fact, she's uh, she's the one that. Uh, um, when they're 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 tracking the incoming missiles that are actually phantoms, uh, she's the one that's counting down the impact time. Okay, but you, you you could have said she was anyone in War Games because yeah. I've never fucking seen it. Oh my god, War Games is a great movie. Yeah, you're like uh, she's Matthew Broderick in War Games. <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah, I see it. I remember that now. Yeah. Fair enough. I, yeah. I see the resemblance there. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. How, like it, this is also one of the first. Uh, horror movie sequels, you know, after uh, Halloween, Halloween two, that that does the bold choice of picking up immediately at the end of the fir- of the last one. Uh, up until that time, it usually didn't like most of the sequels were set a certain amount of time later, and they didn't pick up exactly where the last one left off. So, uh, kind of an interesting choice. Who was? So, yeah. I don't know. That's what I, I mean. That's what I really enjoy about the first four is they all are just continual, basically. Because yeah. don't you say they take place over the course of like four days or three days or something? Two, three, well, and four take place over the same weekend. Yeah. Okay. There's there's uh, uh, five years between yeah. one and two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two takes place on that Friday. Three picks up right there, and it's basically that Saturday, and then four is basically the like right after, uh, so that's Sunday. Um, yeah, so, so Crystal Lake loses like close to thirty people over the course of a single weekend. Yeah, I mean this is like almost this is like you know Jonestown level it's, shit going on. It's here. a lot, and and I'm I'm impressed by how quickly all of the information gets out to all of the media. Where like the television station and everybody's got all these newspapers that have like the body counts and all that stuff. Like everybody has all of the information like 
immediately. So either it's a really small town and word just gets around or uh, the police have no control over what actually gets said. Well, see, or, or the newspaper's paying someone on the police uh, so. roll call to, yeah. to leak that info. Well, here's another thing that you could look at, and it's never actually been said, obviously. But, you know, let's say Crystal Lake is a decently large lake. Ignoring the small swamp area that we saw in, uh, you can save it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if Crystal Lake is a, is a very large lake, then it is possible that this doesn't include just one town, one police department. Like Crystal Lake could be the junction of like four or five different counties. Well, uh, uh everything, you know, all of the police that we see so far on everything are Wessex County. Uh, you see Wessex County uh, Ambulance and like Wessex County Rescue and Wessex County Sheriff are all of the police that they interview or are, are, are shown. So uh, there oh, really? might be okay. other there might be other uh, like cities in that county uh, that yeah. have police departments. Um, but Wessex County is like the only thing you ever really see. Hmm. Yeah, because you, I mean, you could have two or three different actual yeah. townships in oh, the same yeah. county and then have one county seat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think that might be the case. But I will point out that the cop in, uh, uh, two, his, his car did say state trooper on it. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the guy who just looked like they bought all of this stuff at Goodwill or a toy yeah. store? Yeah. Literally, that dude should have had a banana in his fucking gun holster. It would have made as much sense. The jeans and the khaki work shirt with the belt, and all that's on the belt is a gun. Like, he literally <laughs> no has walkie nothing, talkie, no no, nothing else. So you know that he's he shoots, like, he, he's, he his arrests are zero, but his kills are, like, 40. Because <laughs> he just doesn't take the time to arrest you because he doesn't even have handcuffs. He's just going to shoot you. Well, He's shit. doing that, uh, that Jim West style from Wild Wild West, uh, <laughs> shoot first, shoot later. If yeah. there's anyone dead or if there's anyone still alive after you're done shooting, ask a couple questions. Yeah, he's just like... Wow, you butchered that quote. Yeah. Butchered it. Then, okay, then do it right. Come on, drop the quote if you know it. Okay, shoot first, shoot second, shoot some more, and then when everybody's dead, try to ask a question or two. Jesus Christ. Wow. I, I am I am kind of disappointed that you know a quote from Wild Wild West. Hey, I like that that isn't that isn't just the phrase you don't want to see my hand where my hip be at from the <laughs> God, song. That song is so good. The song is that is good. How we're gonna describe that? Uh, it's it's catchy to me. I fucking love it. But anyway, speaking of anyway, speaking of the theme song to Wild Wild West, it's time. Uh, unless anyone has anything else about production, uh, that we will talk about the next part of the final chapter. And that is the sweet, sweet music. Can, can, can I can I go over my music notes? Almost. I really want to go Almost. There we go. Thank you, Demon. Um, go ahead, go over your music notes because I know what they are. Yeah, sorry, I, I, for, I forgot about the, the. No, it's okay. I forgot took, about that. It yeah. took a minute to load. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's really low. So, so. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I got real quick music notes. So uh, under my music section, um, I wrote, there, there's music. 
Yeah. Because I completely forgotten to remember to, to remember to, to look at music again. Uh, <laughs> it's like halfway through, and then I saw my category, and I'm like, oh shit, is there music in this? Um, I know, Scott, you know the answer to the question that I'm going to ask, uh, so you don't answer. Koran, it's going to be specifically for you. Um, same old music cues. Harry Manfredini comes back. Uh, the same cues as he has before, the same theme song, the same everything, which fits because, you know, it's supposed to be the last one, so why reinvent the wheel? There's a couple new music cues that there's not much really of note. The big thing is, of course... Love is a Lie by Lion, uh, which is the song that Crispin Glover, uh, quote unquote, dances to. Um, <laughs> but the big question, Scott, I know you know because you asked me about it. Um, yeah. Karan, do you know the song originally that was played on set while Crispin Glover danced that was later dubbed over to have uh, Love is a Lie by Lion? By one of the absolute worst bands in history, it is Back in Black by ACDC. Yeah, yeah uh, Back in Black. There's actually a uh, – because Scott texted me and said, has anybody ever, like, restored that music? And I had literally, like, half an hour before you sent me that text, I had pulled yeah. up that video on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, as a matter of fact, uh, now that you mention it, and I just sent you the link, uh, that yeah. there is a YouTube video that has the restored music to see how the uh, dance lines up. Um, yeah, that's the only real other music of note. Uh, Love is a Lie by Lion, which there's a regular version that they put on their album, and then a Friday the 13th specific cut. Uh, so you can go and listen to those if you so choose. Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's not great. Um, It's not fantastic. But, um, uh, yeah, the music is, at this point, same old, same old. Like, we know what we're getting. Uh, It doesn't really change up much until the next one. But um, I think this is also the first first movie that we get that has the... um, uh, Friday the 13th uh, in that weird typeface with the main theme playing over it, which uh, it doesn't have the big block um, that we're used to. They did go with a different font this time. Yeah, I was not a fan. Uh, But music, uh, I really didn't have a whole lot of notes for music just because it's the same old, same old. It's... Um, yeah, why? It's what you said at the beginning. Why reinvent the wheel? So yeah, uh, it's. I mean, you know what you're getting with these, especially if if everybody is painting it as this is the last one. Why would you go through really the the trouble of creating an all new score for the fourth entry in a series that's going to be the last one? Like, I get it, but yeah, very harmless uh, in its score. It's still effective. Like, there are a couple scenes that are. Uh, really, really enhanced with the music. Um, Rob out in the tent has a, like, it, it, there's a lot that gets added to that stuff because of the music, but I mean, otherwise, you know, it is what it is. Go back and listen to any of our other entries to hear about the music, and you're, it's going to be the same notes because it's the same, same score. Um, except for Love is a Lie by Lion. Um, 
Next. What? Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, much like an ACDC drum beat, why use anything else? <laughs> the same three chords over and over. I fucking hate ACDC. And over. Hey, hey, no need to get thunderstruck because we're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to move on to gore effects and our favorite kill. Because uh, what better way to go out on this series than bringing back the master, the man that started it all, Tom Savini. And with this one, he gets he gets a little more one of our one of our big complaints with the first one was there was a lot of cutaway stuff there was a lot of um like with with a couple of exceptions there were a couple good gore effects but most of it was either off camera or cutaway real quick so he gets a little bit more to work with here we get a little bit more on screen but not a lot but there are um, a lot of potentially really good kills to pick from uh, we have uh, Axel with the head spin with the saw. We have uh, Paul getting the spear gun to the dick. Um, we have Crispin Glover getting the corkscrew and the machete to the face or the cleaver to the face, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we get Ted with the knife to the back of the head, which is pretty great. Uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot to uh, to to enjoy as a gore fan in this one. There's there's quite a um, bit. Yeah, they they had some good gore in this one, uh, especially a, a lot more blood than the last ones, of course, because we got more kills actually on screen. Um, but there's a lot of kills in this one that had really really fast cutaways. I mean, it's like it happens, bam, you're away. It just it cuts quick, like you don't even realize what you're seeing when you're seeing it. It takes you a couple of seconds. Yeah. After it's cut away, before you kind of realize it, and and of course, uh, when I watched it, I didn't. I'm like, uh, some of them I didn't like because they just cut too fast for me, uh, especially those, those early ones and stuff. But I, f- I found out later, of course, when I was doing extra research and things, that they were apparently they were held to like a overall total time limit of gore they could have, and they were trying to save as much of it, much of their on screen time for that final uh jason kill so they kept cutting down the other kills that one is is very the the jason kill is very graphic um it is and yeah like the uh like the axle um neck slice and head twist with the saw uh, oh that was good very quick like a lot of quick cuts uh you know going opposite angles and stuff like really fast so that like you don't even like you're right like you don't even really recognize it and process it until like it's done and you've moved on to the next scene and you're like holy crap yeah what did i just see yeah um because i I love on you know on that one the one thing that i think makes that work is i mean obviously we got the 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 life cast maquette head obviously you know for the for the twist everybody knows that and stuff like that but they don't just cut from live actor to dummy, and that's it. It cuts from live actor to dummy back to live actor. Yeah, and then out, and then out. Uh, and I think that 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 double cut back into the live actor right before you cut out makes that whole gag work beautifully on screen. Yeah, that's the Savini difference. Is uh, he knows how to do it and make it look really, really good. Um, 
Yeah, there's and then there's some that are are not even like overly gory, but like Paul taking the spear gun to the dick, like huh. oh, like you're gonna cringe no matter what because he does like he grabs him, lifts him up into the air, and then pulls the trigger, and like the whole sequence is just nonstop cringe. That was a, a, a very interesting one. I wasn't a big fan of that one, actually. Um, I did have questions about uh, the girl, and I always forget her name, uh, that dies in the uh, the life raft. Oh, yeah, raft girl. Yeah. Um, so, Scott, I, I love how just direct you are about things like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah, raft girl. Like yeah. you were answering his question about yeah. I can't remember her name. Yep, that's her name. Um yeah, like that, 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 that's right. Thank name. you. That's um, right. Was it was it Samantha? I don't remember. I uh, believe so, actually. Yes. Uh, she, um, yeah, she. Uh, I, I never really understood how she gets speared through the raft, but the raft um, later on, when Paul goes for her, uh, it remains intact. So I looked this up. I actually looked up the model of this this raft. Oh, God, of course. And in in the in the the model for this raft, uh, the flooring is not inflated. It's literally just just a piece of material. All the inflation is in the tubing around the pipe. Ah, okay. So going straight up from underneath will not compromise the raft. Interesting. Huh. Look at that level of detail. I'm glad you did that. Um, if you want to hear a story about how Joseph Zito is an asshole, uh, read about that kill. Always. Uh, because <laughs> apparently that uh, the water was like freezing and they had to do that shot over and over and over and over and over again. And literally she got hypothermia from it uh, because Christ. he wouldn't let her come in until they got the shot until finally Ted White, uh, good guy, Ted White uh, yes. said either you bring her in and warm her up or I'm, I'm leaving and I'm not, I'm, I quit. And they were pretty deep into production, so they couldn't just let him go. So they had to bring her in and uh, warm her up with with, uh, towels and heaters and stuff. Uh, Because he's like, she's turning blue. She's shivering like, that's not healthy. Like, warm her up or I walk. So good guy, Ted White. Uh, If he ever hears this, he still needs to sign my hockey mask, but he's like 95, so... I can send it to him. I don't know if I like. I, I, do I want to run the risk of sending it to him to have him sign it and send it back to me? Yes. Like yes, you do. I because like you can like you can mail him stuff and he'll sign it and send it back. But then I'm like, I'll need to get a second box with the postage paid on it mm-hmm. and then send that. it back. Like that's a pain in the ass. In all honesty, I would say that is very well worth the effort. And then I'm like, I run the risk of having it get lost in the mail and never come back to me. Well, if you, I think if you spring for probably priority, you know, on yeah. on both both ways and stuff, I think you'll be okay. And then I'm like, shit, like, because I've got you know Steve Dash on, like I've got a bunch of people on there that I'm like, I can't get them, like I'm never gonna meet some of them again. Uh, I don't want to meet Ari Lehman again. So like, he's my <laughs> I one. I don't done. think anyone needs to at this point. No. So I'm so like, I am going to ask, how old do you think Ted White is? We've uh, got it pulled up. Uh, 84. Okay. Scott. Oh, hell. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, uh, when I saw him do the interviews for Crystal Lake, he looked to be probably in his late 60s, early 70s. So by now, I would say late 70s. I'd say 79. Okay. Price is right rules. Flanagan still wins. Your initial statement about him being 95 was closer. Oh my he, turns God. In nine, he turns 95 in January. He's 94 years old. Oh, my God. Damn. So, yeah, I guess I do have to send this to him. My God. All right, I'm going to have to go to tedwhite.com or whatever his website is and figure out his address because I'm going to have to go and send it. Shit. Uh, it's just an OnlyFans account now. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so I'll get him to sign that with pictures of his feet. Hell yeah. I've never seen Ew. I've never seen 94-year-old man feet, so here we go. That is... No! <laughs> Stop it! It's just him with a strategically placed machete. Like, just pictures of him nude, except for holding a machete in very strategic places. Across his no nipples. Joke. Yeah. No joke. It is actually just tedwhite.com. Yes! Yes. All right, so I'm going to have to send him my hockey mask. Possibly one of the greatest banners on any <laughs> fucking site I've seen. All right. Uh, I'm going to have to go. Uh, uh, oh, uh, don't worry. I'm sending it to you guys right now. Yes. Yes. All right, so... Oh, yeah. uh, uh, what's everybody's favorite kill in final chapter? Uh, I'm going to go with the corkscrew Crispin Glover one, okay. partly because I hate Crispin Glover. Dang. And um, also partly because it's just brutal. Like thinking about being stabbed in the hand with a corkscrew and then getting, you know, your face chopped. Yeah. Like, at least you're not going to feel the uh, corkscrew in your hand for very long, but, um, yeah, and I mean, you know, just the way it was shot, it does have the quick cuts that you guys were talking about earlier, but it's, I, th I think, honestly, the quickness of that kind of adds to the brutality. Yeah. I, if I that agree. makes sense. No, no, I, yeah, I agree. And, and it's not quite as quick as some of the earlier ones, because they, they, you know, you, you get... The, the, the corkscrew to the hand, you kind of dwell on that for a little bit because he's screaming and everything. Because I'm going to agree with you. I, I was torn between Glover and actually the Jason kill for my, my, my favorite ones. But ultimately, I picked Glover as well for a couple of reasons. Not, not the same reasons that you gave, but you are right. I mean, it's very brutal. Yeah. Because he gets that hand and he's, it's one of the best, I guess, reactions to what's going on. Because there's a lot of non-natural reactions in these movies, but this one, he, he his hands there and he gets through the the hand, and he's looking at the hand. And he's like, ah, and you can see he tries to pull away a little bit, but he doesn't because your your brain instinct won't let you rip something out of your hand. Uh, and then he turns to to scream for help, and he turns right into that meat cleaver. You know, he turns into it, and then I found out that they shot it in reverse. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like. Oh shit! That just became that may be my favorite kill of the entire franchise thus far, because anytime I see well, I, because anytime I see stuff in movies where they try to shoot it in reverse, nine times out of ten you can tell it's shot in reverse. This I couldn't. I did not know until I saw it that it was shot in reverse, because they choreographed the reverse movement so well of what he needed to do to make it look right, look natural. That, yeah, he just blew it out of the water. I love it. 
Well, and and can we just talk about for a second how uh, how rough that uh, poor Jim Crispin Glover has it in this movie? How poor, how bad poor Jimbo has it because not only does that happen to him, but then later on he gets his hands nailed in front of the doorway, and he's hanging there. And then Trish has to go around, and then Jason just rips him down after nailing through his hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like well, he, he gets the he gets like treated so bad in this movie. Well, first of all, I, I'm not too too upset because you know he does get laid in this movie. So That's true. Put that in your fucking computer. Yeah. So exactly. Um, but yeah, it's not even like nailed. I mean, it is he is nailed up, but it's railroad spikes. Yeah, like it's hardcore. Yeah. Where Jason got a hold of railroad spikes, I have no idea. But oh well, he did. And then when Jason is going out the door later, you could—I don't know—he almost looks like shit. Why did I put him in front of the door? Damn it! Move. And he gets gets mad, like he pulls him down with like extra oomph because he's pissed off. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he just has it rough. Um. Yeah, I, I think. I, I, I'm going to have to, uh, as much as I love the, the Crispin Glover kill, the corkscrew, and the machete to the face, I'm going to go with the Axel bone saw to the neck with head twist as my favorite kill. It's a good one. It is a good one. Just because up until that point in the series, like that is one of the most in-your-face brutal kind of like, holy shit kills uh and it kind of sets the tone for everything else that it's like hey this one's a lot more intense than the last few have been so get ready like you're not in for a standard like because you know the, the the last few um we've seen a lot of like slit throats and you know then they fall down and they die or a stab to the stomach or whatever uh this is like this is a like a whole new level of brutality and it sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Like, Oh shit. Like you thought the rest of them were bad. This one's going to be even more intense. So, uh, um, so when it comes to people who have a hard time in this movie and the kills, yeah, I, I think so. A special shout out has to be given to shower dude. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, first of all, he's the only one I think so far that has – no, there, there, there's there's a couple others. But he's one of the few that have been killed without an instrument of some kind. Yeah. So you have Jason coming through the glass on the shower, you know, slamming his head against that back tile, pushing his sinuses into his brain and just crushing his head, right? Yeah, he got him hard. You know, yeah, hit him hard. It's slow. It's brutal. It's in your face. Um, but then when, uh, you know, what's her name? Uh, the the girl, girlfriend lady. Um, she comes back and she discovers his body. He's laying forward, and his neck is looks like it's impaled on shards of glass, and there's blood running down that front. So it almost made me feel like there was more to that kill that got cut, but I can't find anything on it. Uh, I know we'll never see, uh, supposedly, we'll never see any of the deleted stuff because uh, all the stuff that was cut, Paramount is 
awful, especially at this time, about maintaining any footage. And at this point, at this point, they were uh, not not big on the the series in general. And if you want to, if you want true evidence of that, read up about what happened to the original hockey mask from part three. Okay. Um, because that just pissed me off. It is the yeah. saddest story of a movie prop, like being the way that a movie prop was treated that I've ever heard. I, I don't know, man. The way that they let those Ninja Turtle suits just yeah, they did deteriorate. Deteriorate yeah. too. Part of that though was because they were made with kind of shitty materials. Mm. Um, they weren't built to last. Yeah, like this one was like a legit real hockey mask that they managed to destroy just from laziness and negligence. Um, like to go out of their way to be negligent about it just kind of pissed me off. Um, but well. So, sorry. Um, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go, going, going, going back to shower, dude. Though, yeah. Doug. So we we have yeah. Uh, so we have you know the, the girlfriend lady. She finds him. He's blah blah blah. And then we go to her kill. And then later, you know, sister lady. She goes back to that bathroom, and Doug is now impaled with a railroad spike against the wall. So Jason left, went and killed other people, then came back. To fuck him up some more. Well, yeah, he's got to stage some stuff because because that's the thing is like I'm sure he was probably like had this grand idea and then here comes Sarah, the girlfriend, back again, and then he's like, shit, now I got to kill her real quick and take care of that, and then I can go back and finish my grand design. I guess I don't know. I'm like, damn, Jason just hates shower dude. He does. Poor Doug. He hates him. Don't name your kids Doug and let him go to uh, a camp. There's only been one Doug, and it was funny. <laughs> only been one good Doug, I guess I should say, yeah. The Doug from right. Together. Kind of like Doug the Head in uh, Snatch. It was a good character. Oh, I just meant Doug funny from Doug yeah, is true. the best one ever. That is very true. Um, so, yeah, there you have our best kills, which we've kind of already bled over into this uh, into this topic. But uh, our second-to-last topic, as we always do, we talk about characters and that one special little boy. Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. We talk about the characters, and we talk about Jason and how he was portrayed. Now, there's a shit ton of characters in this one, uh, not as many as the next movie, but uh, can we just go ahead and get this out of the way? Uh, the pointless edition of the hitchhiker. Yeah. Right. God, <laughs> why exist just to add the body, count. The body count? Yeah, yeah. by yeah. one, like a pointless. Although it did give me one of my favorite lines where he says, uh, "Hey, honey, you got a sister?" Rough, rough, as they're driving <laughs> off, which is hilarious. Um, for whatever reason, they just wanted to embarrass her by making her eat a banana as she's killed, which makes no goddamn sense. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Eat this banana. Eat yeah. it. Yeah, and then like they just wanted that shot where she's squeezing the banana uh for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, just stupid. But uh you know, great sign that says like peace and happiness and togetherness or whatever, and then she flips it around and says fuck you on it. Like I love that. But like what a pointless character. Uh she's she's got no ride, she's got no no uh n- not many possessions, but you damn well bet she's got a fresh banana with her. 
Like if you got a perfectly ripe banana. Um, so there you go. Uh, hitchhiker, pfft, whatever. Um, still not the entry in the series that has, um, it, that is the biggest offender of that. We'll get to that next week. Hold on. Yeah. I, I, I what do you, what did you think the sign said? It says like, like the one side, doesn't it say like peace and togetherness or some shit? Like it's something positive. And then on the back, it says, fuck you. So much weirder. What does it say on the front? So much weirder. Canada and love. That's weird. Swear to God. Well, you know, that fits with weirdness. Because switching characters to the uh, the morgue attendant that gets the head turned around and Axel, everything, the yeah. saw. The Super Bowl of yes. self-abuse, Axel. Yeah. yeah, saw dude. Yeah. Um, Fucking necrophiliac, by the way. Well, the fact that when... Yeah, oh, God, yeah. All you gotta do is walk <laughs> over there and pull your pants down. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> Creeper. Um, no, um... Uh, when the, when he's, when he's, you know, making out with the, the nurse lady and the hand falls, right? Yeah. They freak out. So he yells, Jesus Christmas. Yeah. Holy Jesus. God damn it. <laughs> and then holy Jesus jumping Christmas shit. That's going to be my new, like anytime swear. Like uh, I, I need to write all that down again so that I can always have that. Whenever something happens, that's just going to be like, and I'm in a stressful situation. That's just going to be what I say. I, I just want to talk about how Axel, is that what we decided his name was? Yeah, his name's Axel. Uh, about how he is also super, and I mean super fucking predatory to that woman. Uh, well, he starts out like that, that exchange where he's like, cute girl. And he's like, the guy's like, well, she was. And he goes, well, she still is. You just got to. And he's like, real nice talk, real nice talk. And, and you know, he's he's like, he's pretty much admits to being a necrophiliac. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a fucking weirdo. Like, he is a complete and total weirdo. Yeah. One of those people that when he gets killed, you're just kind of like, Okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, this guy pretty much deserved it. He totally deserved it. Like, this is one of those movies uh, with, like, it started with Shelly in the third one, where I'm like, I just, like, some of these characters, like, I'm starting to turn, where I'm like, I don't really give a shit if they die. Like, the first one, I was legit sad when all of them died, because I liked every single one of them for one reason or another. Second one, there were a couple of them that I was like, eh, fuck them. I don't really care about them. Third one, I was like, even more. I'm like, I don't really give a shit about them. They're really annoying. They're really cookie cutter, whatever. This one, I'm like, yeah, they, they can just go ahead. And, like, like, I hope Jason kills them. Like, this is where I've started to turn. I'm not quite all the way there yet, but I'm like, I'm more than I've ever been. And I don't apologize for it. No, with the, I mean, you got the you got the predatory morgue dude there. Yeah, he uh, he he, he kind of does deserve it. I mean, he's talking about how easy it is to you know partake of the uh, the the bodies around. Yeah, and then like like Koran said, he just he's like literally just a drooling predator over this this nurse lady. Yeah, she responds to it though. So I mean. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Is like she's not she's not completely eventually, blameless. Eventually, eventually she gives in after like 
He's made like three comments, made her come sit next to him. Like she eventually gives in. I'm not sure how much of that was wanted or how much of it is. Maybe this guy will just leave me alone. Well, clearly you underestimate the seductive power of the aerobicize video, which actually, (laughs) uh, no joke, is a real Paramount released exercise video. Yeah, the girl in it has a part in six. Yeah, I think. Um, Yeah, actually a real legit workout video. As crazy as that is. Um, yeah. Yep. That it, that it was. That it was. And then, of course, you've got. It's I mean, called, we, uh, we have aerobicize the beautiful workout. By the way, yeah. in case you're uh, in case you're wondering at home, uh, aerobicize the beautiful workout. If you want to, you know, find a copy for yourself. Now, did uh, did Marilyn Manson do the music in that? You know, the beautiful workout. The beautiful workout. The be- no. no. So we're doing the rest of these, just the two of us now, right? Yep, that's it. We're we're done here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, actual, real, legit. Uh, there's also um, uh, that um, uh, weird burlesque video that Ted finds is a is a real legit video. Also, by the way. Oh yeah, the uh, the the old school stag yeah, movie, just early weird. porn stuff. So fucking weird, like unnecessary. Uh, but there it is. Hey, ever since ever since video or the moving picture was invented, people have been filming tits. Yeah, That's all there is to it. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it mostly. It just felt real weird and tacked on in this one, but whatever. You get to see a good bit of it too. Yeah, you get to see a lot of this damn, a lot of this damn movie. So, um, um, so we've got also. To, go, no, sorry, no, go ahead. No, no, no. After you. I was going to say, talking, uh, talking about since we're on the subject of characters and actors and things. Of course, we've got Corey Feldman in this movie. Yeah. You know, as as little Tommy Jarvis, which I think this is the first time we've had a kid in a Friday the Thirteenth, right? Uh, like an yes. actual kid, kid. Yeah, like a legit, like a legit child. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I looked all over this movie, and I cannot find Corey Haim at all. Uh, <laughs> where, where did they stick him? Uh, uh, I don't know. He was slightly off to the left, being molested by somebody. I bet. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ! <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked. And then about ten years ago, they stuck him in the ground. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Wow. I, that that went dark so fast. You like that? See what happens when you. I'm like... sorry. Wait. Hold on. So the molestation joke was fine, but the yeah. one about him being dead is too far. No. 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 I meant. I went. I went. No. No. The fact that it went from there directly to molestation, then yeah. to death. Like just the whole downhill spiral there. The, the whole sleigh ride that was that joke. Welcome to our show. And you should hear us when we're untethered. Yeah. Just tethered. Mostly. We at least have a topic right now. Yeah. Yeah, when we get off topic, holy crap. But uh, so, yeah, you have uh, Corey Feldman, and uh, this was, you know, as he was becoming a who's who of child actors, 
So he was actually like becoming somebody, uh, which is why they really didn't get him for the next one. Uh, but you know, I think he did a, he, he's one of the only kid actors that I didn't like, uh, that I didn't absolutely hate. Uh-huh. I didn't watch him and, and uh, be like, man, I can't wait for this friggin' kid to get killed. Um, also continues the streak because for the fourth movie in a row, uh, Corey Feldman is the character that has a conversation, a full conversation with an animal. Yep. Uh, so he, he legit does. He legit has a conversation with Gordon, uh, the trusty golden retriever. So, uh, you know, keep that streak alive. We're four movies in, four movies in a row. He is, uh, we have a character who's having a conversation with an animal. So I can't wait to see this continue. I like it. So, um, but we also have, okay, so here's the big question. Uh, for the first time, we have a repeat of a character name. We have another Ted. You might remember Ted from part two as the, uh, the, the skinny red-haired kid. Uh, who's the funny one? We decided that Ted was funny. Uh, so it begs the question for me, which Ted do you like better? Ted from part four or Ted from part two? Which one is Ted in this movie? He's the one with the computer. Uh, give Teddy Bear a kiss. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, uh, creepy Teddy Bear dude. Yeah. So which Ted do you like better? Part two or part four? Oh, I like to part two better. Totally. Just to be the voice of a dissension, I'll say part four. Really? He's like a douche a-hole. Well, you know, I have to stick with my own. <laughs> I, uh, I I have to say that I, I would enjoy hanging out with Ted from part two much better. Uh, Ted from part four. I do feel kind of bad for him because very in the same way that I feel about Shelly. It's like I feel bad for him. But he brings a lot of it on himself. Like he's kind of a douche, um, so he kind of brings the the hatred that people have on himself. So I don't feel too bad for him, but I do feel a little bad because all he wants is someone to love him, and he can't really find that. So no, no, no. First of all, he he runs Crispin Glover down every chance he gets. And and when he's talking to Crispin Glover's character, you know, you get the sense that all he's doing is preying on Crispin Glover's insecurities to create this persona of of himself that doesn't actually exist because he wants him to think, hey, I'm the, I'm the stud, I'm the ladies' man, blah, 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 blah. But obviously it's not true. You can see that every time he tries that stupid give teddy bear a kiss line yeah. on every girl that gets within proximity to him. In this movie. Yeah, it doesn't really work, think, does it? I don't think dropping the line, give Chrissy Bear a kiss, would work out <laughs> for me either, though. So. No. I don't think it would. Um, but, you know, he, he sure does try. And he gets so mad when um, uh, one of the twins starts to fall, or starts to uh, like Paul. And, uh, yeah, he just, he does not, he does not like that. At all. He starts hating Paul for, like, no real reason other than the fact that, you know, he wants to be with one of the twins. Um, but he, uh, 
uh, he almost gets her in the end, and then she suffers a fate worse than being with Ted. She gets killed. So, well, <laughs> it's really worse. Uh, maybe he seems like he's kind of a dick. Uh, now that 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 does bring up something I really did like in this movie was the the stunt woman that they had who did the the you know the the actual pull from the the window oh yeah when 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 the american twin gets uh gets killed <laughs> yeah. I, I say the american twin because the other one apparently has a very british accent uh and the american twin doesn't i mean i know she does in real life cuz but it, it's a lot less, and she she hides it better. The other one's just full out British. So there's a British twin uh, who's killed off camera, and then you got the American twin who's pulled out of the window. Because that that stunt woman, you know, in that fall, and then later when she does, uh, sister ladies dive out the window, roll off the balcony, fall. Both beautiful stunts. Yeah, you know, they do that slow motion. Loved her her stunt work in this movie. Both of those scenes were great. And uh, shout out to Gordon for being the only smart one to jump out the window on his own and run off. <laughs> like, like, fuck this shit. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, rut row, and he just leaves. <laughs> he's like, fuck this. Bye. Um, but otherwise, uh, where do you rank uh, Trish? As uh, uh, the final girl so far. So, so far we've had uh, Alice from the first one. We've had Ginny from the second one. We've had Chris from the third one. And now we have Trish. Where do you rank her as a final girl? I rank her number three. Oh. Okay, so three like like almost last. Yes. Okay. Uh, who Who is underneath her? Underneath her, uh, the, the the Higgins lady. Ah, Chris. Okay, so you put her last. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I put uh, her last. And, and why do you pick? Why do you put her third out of four? Um, because she actually does kind of. She goes back for for her brother and such. So she she does try. You know, she 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 doesn't actually kill Jason. In in, in my opinion, that takes away from her final girl status. Because she's not the one that actually kills Jason. Technically, Corey, Corey Feldman is the final girl in this movie. <laughs> you know, well, he's the final. Uh, he's man. the final boy. He's not the final girl. Like Paul. Well, yeah. Paul was the final boy in the second one, and there is no final boy in the third one because <laughs> he gets his eye shot out. Yeah, but. Um, but Chris, I just, yeah, I didn't like Chris in any shape, form, or fashion. Uh, Me neither. I think, uh, yeah. So, so her I rank three. You know, I'm going to say it up until this point. Uh, I So far, up until this point, she's my favorite. Trisha, yeah, Trisha's absolutely. my number one really? right now. Trisha's my number yeah. one because, because she starts out and, you know, her, her character development from the time that the movie starts to the time that it ends where she is literally like just a normal, normal girl, like living her life, 
even though it's kind of weird because she, like, I don't know where she goes to school, like she, or how she does, like, anything, because she just lives out in the middle of friggin' nowhere in the woods. Um, she's just living her normal life, like, she runs with her mom every day, but that's about as active as she really is. Uh, but then by the end, like, she is, you know, she's attacking Jason with a friggin' uh, machete, like, she is, like, going on the offensive like she is a a certified badass by the time it's done. So yeah, she's so far she's my favorite. I am one thousand percent right there with you. I like it, and uh, of course, you know a bunch of other forgettable characters, uh, but we have Ted White for the first and only time playing Jason, a uh, World War II vet uh, who became a stuntman, um, has famous stories about how he hate, how he hated working with Corey Feldman, uh, called him a little shit on more than one occasion, uh, purposely altered how he acted in the scenes of them together to try and actually legitimately scare him. Uh, which is pretty damn funny. Uh, you know, he tells us like the, the, the scene where he comes through the window and grabs Corey Feldman. He says that, you know, I was supposed to go on like the fourth beat. And he's like, I specifically waited until the seventh or eighth just to freak him out and make him think that I wasn't coming. And then bam here, all of a sudden I, there I was, he's like, and when I grabbed him, yeah, I grabbed him a little tighter than I probably needed to because he was a little shit. And like if you like there are interviews, you can YouTube a bunch of stuff that's like Ted White, how he feels about working with Corey Feldman. And all of the stories are hilarious because it's I get it. Like Corey Feldman was literally like the only one in his age group in that movie. So like he couldn't hang out like all the teenagers could hang out like quote unquote teenagers could hang out with each other. And, you know, Mrs. Jarvis was hanging out with with like all the like adults. So you have like you have you have people like in all these age groups. But Corey Feldman's the only one who's in like the under 15 group. So he really doesn't have anybody to hang out with. And so he kind of, you know, he, he's, and he's a kid like he's a kid being a kid, except he's on a movie set and it's kind of a not the most formal movie set I imagine. So he's just kind of like goofing off and I'm sure that it pissed. Apparently it just pissed Ted white off to like no end. So yeah, Google some stories. It's they're really funny, but I think he did a great job. I think this is one of so far. It's my, probably my favorite portrayal of Jason because he's, he's just vicious in this one. Like he's just angry. He's just, just very like all of his kills are just aggressive and vicious. And like, I, I, I like it. I like his portrayal. I do I as well. Yeah. Like he is just a, like, cause he yeah. also like he runs and he, but he's like, he's menacing and he's like, he takes his time when he needs to, but he also goes real quick when he needs to, uh, yeah, he's, he's just like, it is so far. It's probably my favorite portrayal. Yeah. The, there are some issues 
that 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 I that I kind of had a little bit in some aspects. Not enough to make me dislike him. I I, I love I love this Jason. Uh, this may be my my favorite portrayal of him so far. But um, like you know, he he busts through the front door of the Jarvis house like it's nothing. Blows through that door, then gets to the bedroom door. And it's like uh, I can't knock knock pound. <laughs> Like, well, what happened to the exploding door downstairs? What? What? Why? Well, why? it didn't have a dresser full of chintzy shit on it that he had to get out of the way. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's yeah. No, no. So you got that, and then when he when he chases uh, uh, sister lady Trish, is that what you said? Like fifteen yeah, times. Yeah, now? yeah. Like, and you can t- yeah, because the kid, the boy's name is Tommy, the girl's yeah. name is Trish, so they both have T names. Okay. Um, when he's chasing her, like they'll chase and she'll turn around and they'll stop and look. And then they'll chase and she'll turn around and they'll stop and look. It's like the weirdest game of red light, green light ever been played. He's just trying to intimidate, I guess. I guess. It's like, I'm chasing you. I'm going to try and catch you. Wait, you stopped? Hold on. I just stopped. It's just weird. Okay, red light. Now, green light, go. Yep. Now, you know, he's chasing her. He's trying to get her. She stops and turns around, so he stops. I don't quite get that. I would keep running because that's my goal. I don't get it. But see, at the same oh, well. time, uh, you know, at that point, now she's fought back. So he might be like, oh, shit, is she going to throw something at me? Is she going to, like, attack me? Whatever. I got to get her. So it's a strategic thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but, um, <laughs> so, um, you know, if you watch the deleted scene, uh, you know what happens to Mrs. Jarvis. If not, then her fate is a mystery, but what is not a mystery is how we're going to rate this movie because now we are at the end ratings for Friday, the 13th, the final chapter, Scott, what do you got out of five out of five? Uh, I'm giving this one, um, uh, a four and a half. I like this one. Right, okay. Well, it's a lot less interesting when I also give it a four and a half now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love this one. It's one of, uh, in the realm of Friday the 13th, it's, I think it's one of the better ones. So, yeah, um, I, I agree. Um, I will also, I'm also giving it a four and a half. Um, <laughs> wow, th- yeah. this might be the only time we all agree. Yeah, I think so far it has. It, it absolutely so far has been the only time that we've ever agreed. But um, uh, I think, yeah, going forward, it will be the only time that we ever agree. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it has everything that you want. There's a reason why people call it like if you're only going to watch one to get the essence of what a Friday the 13th is movie is. You pick this one uh, because, yeah. you know, it it has violence it has nudity it has jason being jason um you know at his probably at his apex like knowing that or going into it thinking that it was the last one like they pulled out all the stops so they kind of just let it go uh and the movie is better for it and yeah i think it just it is a very very strong entry into the Friday the 13th series. One of the best. I don't think it's the best, but it is one of the best. Uh, but 
it's hard to find a lot of faults. Like most of the faults that you find with it are kind of nitpicky um, because it does, it hits all of the high notes that you expect out of a Friday, the 13th movie. And it does it well. So yeah, four and a half. I completely agree. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it does. Everything that I, I bring up is nitpicky stuff. The movie overall, great, great tone, you know, good kills. Some creative kills. We get a couple of mundane kills, and I'll be honest. At this point, I'm, I'm really getting tired of something pointy coming through the throat thing. Oh, just wait. We're gonna have more of that. I know, but thinking it's been done four, five, sixteen, eight hundred times. Uh, yeah, we're only on to the fourth movie, and uh, next time, if that's if that has driven you crazy then uh, I think it's important that we're going to have to do the next episode on location from the Pinehurst Rehabilitation Center for Troubled Youth. The set of the setting well, this of this was supposed to be the final chapter. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, next Wait, week, we're doing another one. We're going to do we're going to close the final chapter and start a new beginning. Because. We're going to Pinehurst and, uh, yay. no, not yay. Uh, with Friday the 13th, it's not even Boo. called part five. It's Friday the 13th, a new beginning, which has one of the worst cover arts I've ever seen. Uh, it's dog shit. It's terrible, but we'll get into all of that next week. You guys, thank you very much for, uh, coming along this ride. We're now, uh, since there's nobody home at the Jarvis house, I guess we're just going to leave the door open. Go find Gordon. All right. Scott, say your goodbye so I can send us home. Yeah. Your goodbye. Fantastic. <laughs> for the, the good people in the show, which is Chris and Chris, uh, thank <laughs> you for listening. For Scott, we're sorry he's still here. Um, until next time. Thank you for being our friends with benefits.